When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that supports pizza in the morning and pizza in the evening. But pizza in the supper time is already in the evening. We don't need an additional reminder to eat pizza in the evening. We already did it. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 But when it's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. But you don't need to overlap them. We already had pizza in the evening. We don't need supper as a more specific time within the... We already know about the evening. We have plans to have pizza in the evening. We did it. We already did it. We don't need an additional pizza plan for the supper time. I agree. I agree. You're right. This is the podcast that believes that. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Gatz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we're normal, regular humans that don't yell it about pizza. I... Have so much joy about that entry, that, that, that entrance, because I just, I just loved it. I love it. Oh, thank you. I yeah, it. I love the real time feedback, Mike. You're doing decent I, so far. Great, I mean, you. you, I've mostly brought it, and you've been there for it. So that's my note to you. If we're doing that, I, I have a fondness in my heart for weak opinions strongly expressed. <laughs> oh, that was, wait, that turned mean. It was nice, and then it turned mean. So, all right. I mean, this is a good time for a nice turned mean. Yeah. Speaking of mean, uh, we're going to talk about gay Republicans. We're going to talk about gay Republicans, yeah. uh, and and we have a guest to help us do that maybe hopefully he knows what he's getting into and is a gay republican but yep yep uh, like like an elected gay republican yeah 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 uh but, but first but first okay but great. first we have a couple things yeah first we have you're gonna do some feedback yep well y- yes here we go oh, okay. hey mike and kyle i really enjoyed the anime episode not knowing much about it i truly found it interesting and informative I did want to bring up a couple of things. First, in defense of Taylor Swift, which <laughs> fucking fuck, goddamn. I will preface by saying I am not a Swifty or even really a big fan at all. I listen if her music comes on, if it is a song I enjoy, and that is about the extent of it. That being said, I also understand people who do not care for her music at all. Completely valid. Much of it can sound extremely similar. Also, who writes a 10-minute song about a three-month relationship like she did about Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> all I can say about that is it must have been some great dick to inspire an epic piece such as it, it did. If I dated Jake Gyllenhaal, there would be a 10-hour song about it. I Like that, font, you know what? That makes sense to me. But I digress. The point I'm wanting to make is that while she's not for everyone, I think it is a stretch to say she's anywhere near an untalented hack. The woman was writing some pretty good music when she was 15 and younger and continues to do so today. That, in my eyes, is not not untalented um i agree i think you're completely misfounded in your accusations that she has no talent okay great i we're getting the feedback out there i support i agree with this feedback she's musical fettuccine alfredo (laughs) you can be really good at fettuccine alfredo for it still to be boring food um but that okay but so you're not saying it's that's different you're saying you don't like it that's different than untalented The second thing I wanted to bring up is that I was surprised that nothing was said about the passing of gay icon Leslie Jordan. Unless I missed it. If so, I apologize. Maybe it's just me. Everyone is so nice to us. I know. Very nice. Uh, uh, I was such a huge fan and always had hoped to meet him someday. Uh, Unabashedly himself and as queer as they come, a true queen who I will miss dearly. It may be that the episode was recorded prior to his death. I have no idea how it works. That's exactly what happened. Leslie Jordan is a, a huge gay icon. I would nominate him as like every 
every gay's gay elder statesman like des- <laughs> desire like if you could yeah. have if you could have a gay appear like on your shoulder and coach you through being gay it yeah. would be leslie jordan yeah yeah not um, gus kentworthy coaching through uh mask bros coming out process on a netflix tv show yeah, that's true <laughs> this, yeah, yeah this would be the true. this would be the tv show i would actually watch yeah exactly well, exactly right yeah yeah but, but yes yeah we uh, we recorded on sundays yeah we by were, the time we, we recorded right we record on sundays and the episode comes out on thursday and he he died in the interim so um yeah thanks for the feedback as always sergio we appreciate it and uh yeah we we love we love feedback send it in everybody yeah uh 100 words yeah we have 100 words so as i'm sure you know by now or at least i hope so if you are at the 15 dollars a month or above level on patreon you can send in 100 words and i will say them and it doesn't matter if you've done it before here's your proof of that john wong is back with another 100 words John Wong, back again, another round, 100 words. Here we go. Let's see how different they are. Hi, Kyle and Mike. It's me again with another 100 words. Reminder, Mike is not reading the 100 words yet. (laughs) This is just what he does, and we're all fine with it. First of all, I've been appreciating the anime episode as someone who grew up watching Sailor Moon, Dragon Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon. Secondly, I got another 100 plug for voting as it's coming up real soon. Yeah. Again, still not the 100 words yet, but keep going. They start now. Hey, gayish listeners, the election is coming next Tuesday, November 8th. Not only is abortion on the ballot, but other LGBT stuff is on it, too. Voting for pro-equality candidates in the House and Senate means we can protect marriage equality so that the Supreme Court doesn't overturn those rights. Voting for pro-equality state, House, and Senate candidates means getting your state to better protect LGBT people. Finally, don't forget school board races. Elect better school board candidates so we don't get book bans or anti-trans policies in our schools. Need some help? You can Google stuff like Planned Parenthood endorsements or HRC endorsements in your state for recommendations. Not necessarily endorsing either org, but good places to start to see who supports us. Let's show up to the polls or early vote by Tuesday and make sure we protect democracy and our rights. And just edit, it's this Tuesday given when our episode will come out. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. And he's at the date. So uh, Planned Parenthood and HRC, I will endorse those orgs. So um, uh, thanks for everything. Thanks again for everything. And we'll continue listening to the latest gayish episodes as I go drive to knock on doors in Michigan. Best, John. Cool. Also not a hundred word part of the hundred words. Um, Yeah. uh, School boards. I I saw an article in The Advocate recently that more and more LGBT people are running for positions on their school board, which is huge because, as John mentioned, the number of attacks like uh, the schools and especially like high schools even younger are are where republicans are attacking lgbt kids and that to have someone on the there's like a small number of people on the school board that sometimes are positions or races that no one gives a fuck about so those positions are making a lot of big decisions they have all this input where you see people yelling at school board meetings and then a lot of times they decide the school board votes and decides so having an LGBT person on the school board to be like, yo, we're normal and you can read our shit and that's not going to turn your kids gay. It's yep. like very important. Yep. School board meetings are excellent care and watching. Oh God. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, lastly, and then we'll get into the news. Patreon. If you are listening to this episode a day early, which you get to do that, if you are a Patreon supporter, it's our happy hour. Tonight is our happy hour. So come to the happy hour at 6 p.m specific and if you're listening to this on thursday when the show comes out for everyone you're too late sorry see you in february yep (laughs) and now the news shut your mouth hole it's time for your ear holes news news 
News. News the first. So, in South Carolina, talking about the Supreme Court and overturning uh, marriage equality and, and potentially other Supreme Court rulings, a dude named Henry McMaster is running as the Republican candidate for governor in South Carolina. And in a debate dur- uh, just uh, just this last week with, with former Representative Joe Cunningham, he said, in essence, if the Supreme Court rules against Obergefell v. Hodges that made same-sex marriage the law of the land in the U.S., as Republican governor of South Carolina, he absolutely would start enforcing the law in South Carolina, which currently is still that there is no gay marriage. Mm. Uh, quote, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think marriage ought to be between a man and a woman. Yes, you are old fashioned. Just like I think that boys ought to play in boy sports and girls ought to play in girls sports. But I mean, there's you have to have some common sense in this arena, which seems to be changing all the time. But I think our traditions are strong and for a reason. Mm, Common sense would be following the advice of the medical doctors who study this, know what works best and make recommendations. That's the smart thing. That's common sense. Common sense is not I feel like this is the answer or my my history like my tradition like i just feel like this is the thing we should do because we've always done it no we should look at the people that study this that talk to trans kids the trans kids themselves like uh, because he talked about like boys the common sense thing is listen to the experts in the field and do what they recommend and all major medical organizations say the exact same thing so you're a fucking idiot yep fucking idiot yep your bullshit is bullshit Mm -hmm. you asshole Mm -hmm. um it's interesting i think you know the we just saw all of this with Roe versus Wade and the way that our system works, whether you're American and don't know how your system works, which is likely or international <laughs> and don't have to care. Yeah. Uh, the Supreme Court, when they strike down laws, what they really are doing is making them unenforceable. They don't have the power to change state law. They just have the power to say, OK, state, your law that's bullshit is no longer valid and you can't enforce it so we can still sit there on the books so and no one can ever and then if someone ch- could try to enforce it and then that could be taken up to the supreme court if needed that's right but it also has the effect of when a decision comes down that reverses a reversal <laughs> um uh, uh, then then those laws just automatically like snap your finger come back into effect so there's wide swaths of the country where abortion was illegal just unenforceable that like instantly the law changed in effect overnight because it was still on the books, as you said. Yeah, yeah. So uh, sodomy laws, gay marriage laws, constitutional amendments that define marriage, all of these things become the law again and enforceable if the Supreme Court ever overturns Lawrence v. Texas or Obergefell v. Hodges. So uh, it's really, it's really, really scary. South Carolina is one of those places um, where, where at least same-sex marriage is, is in trouble. Cunningham, the guy that's running against him, I thought it was really interesting uh, that he said, quote, we have politicians that have been in government so long and have become so calcified in their beliefs. And Governor McMaster has been a politician literally longer than I've been alive. (laughs) And he's been taking our state backwards the entire time. Governor McMaster has been leading South Carolina into the 50s since the 80s. Oh, fuck. I love that. That's great. I have seen this uh, talking point show up more and more like younger people running and being like, you've been in office longer than I've been alive. I saw that in other races. And I think that's so interesting to be like, we need more young people that are representing the uh, the future of our country. Like they they need to have roles in 
elected positions in our government and yeah. they deserve to and that's part of the representation of everyone so it, we have so many people that are this traditional you know have been in this role for so fucking long it's yeah 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 i completely agree with that sentiment <laughs> news the second great great so this one i hope i don't fuck it up because this is uk politics and and uk politics are, are like I'm pretty familiar, but a little bit not familiar. Mm, I hope you fuck it up. That'll be fun. So the foreign secretary, James Cleverly, in a interview on Sunday with Laura Kensberg, was talking about the upcoming FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When asked about human rights activists that are criticizing FIFA's decision to host the World Cup there, what do you think about that? His response was that fans need to, quote, compromise with Qatar. <laughs> it's an Islamic country with very different set of cultural norms. And uh, basically, basically that that gay people should should behave like <laughs> uh, Qatar's ambassador to the UK said that LGBTQ fans visiting the country, quote, can hold hands, but should be mindful of public displays of affection at the World Cup. And basically, cleverly, this 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 dude said, "Yeah, be on your best behavior." That's not going over so well with the queer community, yeah, right? Shit, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Labour MP Nadia Whittam rightly pointed out that queer people can't compromise when it comes to their safety. Uh, Ian Anderson, who is the chair of Stonewall, an organization there dedicated to gay rights, and coincident not coincidentally, but also w was a top queer advisor to the Tory government. Mm. So he was like trying to help the conservative government there be less shitty. Um, but then ultimately he quit because it wasn't they weren't it they weren't working. They, it wasn't working. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he he said he said it was the wrong thing to say. Quote for me, we've seen this in countless ex this in countless examples of countries around the world that are looking to liberalize their laws, their really disruptive laws around LGBTQ people. Um, and this was this was the wrong thing to say. Yeah. So FIFA is trying to assure that queer fans are going to be safe there. I don't. I wouldn't believe any of that for a second. Like uh, that's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe that for a second either. And of course, everything in the UK right now is is sort of still trying to figure out just how shitty this government is going to be now that they're changing prime ministers. And my goodness, what a clusterfuck for everybody. My goodness. Yeah. What a world. And now we're going to see if Bolsonaro wins in Brazil and whether it's just like, like anyway. Yeah. We're probably going to have to talk about soccer more later. We're probably going to tell this has been such a huge thing that they picked. Um, I always said Qatar. What did you, how do you, I've been saying Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. I've heard it both ways. Q, I, th I think both ways are correct. The Q place. The, um, Q, the Q place. Yeah. Uh, but that sounds like a queer bar. It's not. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just been such a huge topic of conversation and just a, such a shitty decision that they made in advance. So they made it knowingly. They're sticking to it. Like it's, it's the, there's there's no other thing to blame other than just flat out homophobia and indifference. So yeah, we should talk more about it. Yep. Shitbirds. Yeah. News the last. This is my favorite story of the week. Okay. Yeah. So there is a group of queer mountain climbers. The name of the, the mountain queers. The organization is called Pink Summits. I like mine better. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, and they have been 
their goal has been to carry a rainbow flag to the highest mountains of each continent, including oh, wow. I- including Mount Everest. God, that's so much work. Could you just like fly a drone up there? Or I don't know. But most recently, just last week, they went. Uh, they took a rainbow flag and a Ukrainian flag to Kyrgyzstan. And planted it on Vladimir Putin Peak. They named a mountain after Vladimir Putin, so that's where they took their gay ass flag wow. and a Ukrainian flag. Um, it's in the it's in the Tian Shan Mountains in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, they say that it's an act of protest against Putin's quote homo and transphobic imperial and neo colonial regime. Mm. He's not going to be super happy about it. No, like they, he doesn't love the gays. Right, he does not love the gays. Also, I didn't realize this. But uh, just this last week, Russia has increased uh, restrictions on "quote unquote" gay propaganda. Hmm. Um, so the the anti LGBT propaganda law that went into effect in 2013 that we've talked about many times on the show bans the promotion of non traditional families to minors. Uh, but yesterday, lawmakers voted unanimously to expand the ban to all ages, not just to minors. So it's illegal to promote non-traditional families to anybody in russia not just kids Mm. uh it's a little unclear how that's actually going to affect things in practice because things have been locked down so much for you know russian gay symbolism since 2013 but um yeah if you're found guilty of breaking the law you face a fine of up to 6500 dollars. that's four hundred thousand rubles um and uh uh the country is is using this law. They even fined TikTok approximately forty nine grand for not censoring videos with LGBT themes oh, in the wow. country. But but yeah, that was also uh, so all, all of that is happening at the same time that these these protesters are are, are raising the 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 pride flag on Vladimir on Putin's, Putin's face. <laughs> that's that's really cool what they're doing, and and unfortunately, we still need to prove that like gay people are all kinds of professions interests hobbies things they do so you know i saw this with the trans person climbing and putting a trans flag at the top of something too it's like sh- just showing other even just showing other lgbt people or other trans people like we can do the same things as everyone else and and we can succeed or like you know that's even a cooler shit than i could ever do so like we can do cool shit of all kinds including climbing fucking mountains because we want to so yeah that's awesome i'm also tired just thinking about it right yeah 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 exactly better them than me that's right (laughs) but thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the news that's the news well speaking of people that we want to plant their flag in our mm -mm, stop stop okay thank you to the following patreon members sean grabbert grabbert um uh, christopher muntian munton munchen muntian um shane harrison thanks jane that's the easiest one you've had in a while i've had so many easy ones <laughs> uh nick j no that's the easiest one i had nick j which Wait, sounds- nick jonas is giving us money close. <gasps> okay uh and michael senkow hey i know that bitch i know that bitch uh if you want bonus episodes of content if you want to have had the opportunity to Senko, have gone to by the way what did i say Senkow. He gets that a lot. Michael oh, Senko. That's what I said. You said it wrong. You're Michael. Um, um, if you want to have had the opportunity to have come to our Patreon happy hour yesterday. Um, <laughs> but one bonus episodes content, uh, things a day early, go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Do it. Do you want to talk about gay Republicans? No. I know, right? We did. Oh, an my ep- God, Kyle. Oh, my God, Mike. 
Gay Republicans, why? Why are gay Republicans? Why is you gay Republicans? Why? why? How? <laughs> Did you know? What is... Um, I hate it so much. Uh, well, you like it enough to... Okay, so we are talking to a gay Republican elected official who... Well, hopefully we've talked about Republicans on an episode in the past, episode 220, I believe. And I mean, okay, we're going to talk to Daniel Zwanitzer, who is a member of the Wyoming House of Representatives. He is a it's Representative Zwanitzer. Yes. So like, like he's actually writing laws and, yes. and voting on them at, at the state level in Wyoming. And I just, yeah. So we, yeah, we've talked about Republicans, but it'll be nice to talk to an actual, or we talk, yeah, we've talked about Republicans a whole bunch, yeah. but it'll be interesting to actually talk to someone and figure out kind of how, why, what's going through your mind. How do you kind of line up all of these different beliefs and identities? And I've just, multiple yeah. times on the show said some sort of variation of that, 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 that Republicans are dickbag fuckface assholes. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. uh, uh, I, I stand by that. So yeah, this will be fun. I did talk about <laughs> him specifically. Like we did not know or plan this in advance or anything, but I had talked about him on the Republicans episode. The Patreon bonus segment was about him. I found a Republican that was generally well regarded both by seemingly by no, not well regarded by Republicans. who's well regarded for supporting LGBT issues within the Republican yeah. party. So I said, I listened back to that, not knowing we were going to ever talk to him. I said very nice things about him. Oh. So like, I, uh, you know, I was listening to see if like, I wanted to like own up to, Hey, I was real shitty to you. Here's what I, here's what I said. I yeah. want to say, if I say things about someone, I want to be able to say it to them as well. Yeah. I didn't say shitty things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it also, it also, it also seems like gay Republican, you're bad at one of them. Like you, you're either bad at being do, gay or you're bad at being a Republican. Yeah. How do you do both? And he might be bad at being a Republican based on some of the things that I've read about him. Yeah. Uh, like, so, yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. But first, can I tell you some yep. gay, Gata? Gata. Gata. It's data, but gay. Um, there's a 2020 report by the Williams Institute mm -hmm. that talks about LGBT adults and how they, which party they are affiliated with. By the way, I really with. like that institute. They they put out a lot of really good data about like what gay people are up to. Yeah, so uh, they've shown up a couple times, and they uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we should have like a mic seal of approval that we like hand out to like we could be like send it to websites and places and be like this gets the mic seal of approval I'll put on your website. You it, know, dong dong. They'll be like I don't know who you are. Or really care <laughs> that sounds, much. It sounds like the Law and Order thing, but it's it's me saying the word dong instead. Dong dong. <laughs> Should be the SVU. It's the mushroom stamp of approval. <laughs> Ew, I hate us. Okay. Um, there are nine. So 2020, there were 9 million LGBT adults in the U.S. registered and eligible to vote for the 2020 general election. Okay. That seems low. <clears throat> it does. Register to vote, queers. Yeah. Get yeah, your yeah. shit together. Yeah. Come out. <laughs> register to vote. Pack up shit and move out of your wife's place, you know, maybe in various orders that are relevant to you. But yeah. Um, so of those, what percentage are Democrat, Mike? I would guess like 85. 50% are Democrat. No. Yeah. Oh, wait, as opposed to like independent. There are other options. Yeah. So 50% are. It's all of you fence riders that have like mm. riding the fence and whatever else you can ride. 
I'll I'll call you fence so I can ride you yeah. right down the middle. Um, yeah, fifty percent are Democrat, fifteen percent are Republican. Great. So I was close. You were yes. So yeah, yeah. Eighty five percent are something not Republican. So twenty two percent are independent, and thirteen percent either identify with another party or didn't know. <laughs> they're non-binary. They're well. <laughs> they're non-trinary. Yeah. I get. I don't know uh, how you got them. So uh, yeah, fifteen percent of. LGBT voters are Republicans. There's a sizable chunk of people there that I don't understand. And yeah. that's part of why we're doing something like this, because this is not a flash flash in the plan. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, this is, there's a substantial amount of people here. We're talking. Yeah. I was going to say millions. I don't know if it's a million, but man, close. Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, is it out of, is it ignorance? Is it is it just self-serving? Is it um is there a genuine belief in both like both your identity just, and that they, like there's maybe there is no internal conflict because of some reason that I don't understand? How can there not be cognitive dissonance there? Like it just anyway. Yeah. We just I, don't get it. I, internalized homophobia comes to mind is like a like yeah, choose to spend your time believing in and participating in a group that hates you. That's a way that's self-flagellation right there. Yeah. Um, farting. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we talked about this with Joseph Peters Matthews being involved in uh, being involved in a, a Christian religion is uh, there's large swaths of that that really hate you yeah. and are the people that are funding, you know, laws and, and funding a lot of anti LGBT rhetoric. So that's also one that there can be cognitive dissonance that I don't understand, but we have, we have religious LGBT people too. So uh, the other thing I'll mention is kind of the the reverse of that is how many Democrats and Republicans support LGBT issues. So uh, a 2021 Gallup poll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you two stats from that. Uh, overall, 70% of people overall in the U.S. support uh, legal same-sex marriage. So okay. that's about, and I think the latest one might be up to 71% or something. So it, uh, that's pretty, pretty up to date. 2021, 70% Democrats are 80 at 83%, 83% support same sex marriage. I'm kind of surprised it's not even higher. I don't, you know, that's yeah. who's the 17% of Democrats that I mean, don't support same sex marriage. There are a bunch like, of Democrats over 70. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Republicans, 55% uh, support legal same-sex marriage yeah um that just in the past couple years crossed the 50 percent mark it has just now become the majority that support it yeah so that's a very recent that even a majority support same-sex yep. marriage yep doesn't surprise me same um the other one uh, is uh, there were a couple questions that are related to trans people uh, i picked allowing openly trans and it said allowing openly transgender men and women to serve in the military is how this question is worded. So that's already fucked up. Like we don't know, but that to me was the most direct, like there's no other reason to keep trans people out of the military other than you just are transphobic. Like there, I don't, I don't see any, this is just so obvious. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and as we'll, we'll talk about cognitive dissonance, it's possible to put a layer between yourself and the bigotry and convince yourself it's for some other reason, right? That like being trans requires, not requires, but like, like a lot of trans people are on hormone replacement therapy that 
costs money and is a drain on resources and can cause medical you know issues that it's about readiness that like all of that is just a a, like a candy coated shell around the horrible bitterness that is transphobia yeah but but like that person there are very few people in the world that are going to be like i fucking hate trans people they're the worst and they suck and they deserve no rights yeah they're all on twitter though they've convinced themselves that it's some other thing yeah that's a proxy for their hate yeah yep yep sorry i interrupted you no that's fine yeah yeah i agree this is also the most direct question you know other questions are um i think this is the least controversial i can think of of all the possible questions about trans people so i thought that was the most telling Mm. so uh who what percentage of the groups support allowing trans men and women to serve in the military for democrats it is 87 Mm percent so even higher than doesn't support Gay legal yeah, sure. same-sex marriage. That's that was weird sure. to me. Um, for Republicans, it is forty-three percent. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, you know, based on both stats, there, half-ish. If we just want to be super general, half-ish don't support a couple key LGBT rights issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is is not surprising. Yeah. So yeah. that those are the kinds of you know, there's far more numbers and and even you know things that paint republicans even worse based on the you know the like bathroom or you know books or or whatever but just wanted to give one example so these are kinds of things that i that yeah i don't know and and we'll talk a little bit more um uh with him about you know things that are built into the republican policy all all that good stuff so there's yeah yeah there's a lot to learn i i want to i want to i both want to be genuine about talking to him about like i don't want to like lie and just pretend like everything's hunky-dory I, we've said shitty things about republicans and like you said probably will continue to yeah and i want to be open and direct about that but i and, I, and at the same time i do want to learn like i don't want to just be shitty and then leave like i yeah this isn't like a porta body where i want to like take a dump and get out like i want yeah, to actually yeah. learn from him what's going on you know what's what he's thinking what's true for him yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so we talked a little bit in the car ride last night uh home from from dungeons and dragons and i'm super interested in we have some nervousness about the fact that however small we have a platform and what what dangers are there in giving a signal boost to uh, bad ideas that are bad for our community yeah. and um i've been giving some thought about like if we have this dude on are there things that he could say that would just be deal breaker like pull the plug this interview is over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and some of the candidates that come up for me are like if you tell me that the election was stolen mm. i don't i don't know i don't know how to move on from there do you no if you tell me that trans people are pedophiles i don't know how to move on from that and then and and then like do we do we confront that and have a big old fiery fight that like is probably good for ratings do we (laughs) do we pull the plug and not air any of this at all do we it's i'm super interested in that you know and 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 sort of nervous about it and are there other things that we should add to that list of like nah dog yeah like we're done i mean my i think some of those things that are objectively just true things like the election was not stolen there's no no use of debating to the idea of even having a discussion with someone that lasts any period of time 
starts to say that it's something valid to discuss with a guest to, to discuss each of your sides. Mm-hmm. So I think what are the things that you are not allowed to have two different sides on? Election stolen, uh, trans rights, uh, especially for us looking out and, and paying attention to where the attacks are in our community, watching out for trans people, people of color, black people. These are the groups that are under attack right now. Mm-hmm. And it is really important that I think like, yeah, you don't allow for conversation about this. This is not all at all speaking to uh, what he believes. Like we have not talked about. So this is just in general, like we're thinking about in general, what do, what kinds of things do we want to talk about and not talk about and people we want to have on and not have on. I think given how we are consistently talk uh, about all the negative things that Republicans do to have one, uh, uh, one episode or one section, one person that might be a little bit different than that. I think we're still doing 98% of the time we're talking about it. We're saying like Republicans are doing bad things for us. So uh, I, I think at least the balance we have is pretty decent. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to have, Republican Representative Daniel Zwanitzer of Wyoming's 43rd District, Republican out of Cheyenne. And uh, we're going to have a chat. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And fucking vote, you assholes. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Oh, God, am I ready? Okay, yeah. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> uh, we are here with Representative Dan Zwanitzer, uh, who represents the 43rd District in Wyoming. Did I get that right? You did. Okay, great. Uh, a Republican from Wyoming. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on. To start us off, can you tell us a little bit about what the 43rd District of Wyoming is like? Oh, sure. Uh, the 43rd District is Eastern Cheyenne uh, and what I refer to as South Central Laramie County. Um, so Cheyenne is the capital city of Wyoming. We have 10 state le- legislators in the county. Um, so I'm one of the 10, 60 total in the legislature of Wyoming. So I have the east side of town, um, a lot of military, a lot of apartment complexes, some trailer parks, middle income families. Um, great place to represent and been happy to do so now for 18 years. Gonna um, Just got reelected to my 10th term. I don't have a general election opponent, so... Um, hopefully I got two more solid years in front of me here. Oh, you just get to chill out now. Yes. In Wyoming, the primary election, um, is our election for about 90% of the races. So I had a Republican incumbent, a Republican opponent against me, uh, further to the right as always. And once again, was successful, uh, in getting reelected. Congrats. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when, when does the, the primary re- result in something in the general, then is it just have to be a, within a certain amount of points? Like, is it a mercy rule that they're following? Oh. <laughs> No, it's we're pretty straightforward, right? It's just uh, whoever gets the most votes in the primary um, moves on, and there was no Democrat on the ballot, and no third party candidate ran against me or independent. So uh, my election was basically August seventeenth, and I waited a bit to see if anybody you know tried to stage a writing campaign or an independent campaign, but um, no one has. So uh, I think a week from Tuesday, smooth sailing for me. Got it. I misunderstood uh, the the situation. In Washington State, we have a top two primary, so we often end up with two Democrats or two Republicans in the general. Um, and then I forgot that's not how everybody does it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm the chairman of the elections committee, and it's one of the things we've been discussing for a couple of years uh, is to have a an open primary, a runoff system, um, similar to what other states do. 
haven't got there yet, but it's on the agenda here sometime soon. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I'm super interested in talking about your statement that you're a moderate Republican and that the people that run against you are further to the right, because I, I've, I studied you a, a little bit and, and you, you definitely like might be bad at being a Republican. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about election security first. You're on, you're on the elections commission and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you, I watched a committee hearing where you were saying like the elections are fine. The elections are secure. Uh, I, I'm what's, what's it like holding that opinion in the climate that we're in? Yeah, no, it is kind of tough. So I've actually been on, it's called the corporations and elections committee for 16 of my years. Um, and three terms as chairman now. So, you know, I've been around long enough and studied our elections and know our county clerks in the process. And I'm um, confident that they are above board in Wyoming and there is no uh, major cause of concern that there is any type of fraud in our elections, even though, you know, the drumbeat from all over the country, including people in Wyoming, continues to allege impropriety. But, um, you know, I've had a front row seat to it for over a decade and we don't have machines hooked up to the Internet. We have all sorts of um, you know, practices and policies in place and um, people who are you know, securely handling the ballots. And we even had two kind of recounts and one third uh, person who paid independently and everything ran the second time. They looked at a hand record, counted every vote by hand exactly the same as a computer. So um, it is a little challenging in Wyoming as uh, more and more people, especially in my state, are getting a little more far to the right ideologically. Um, it is kind of amazing, though, after our primary election, we used the same machines, same policies and procedures. We didn't have anybody claim any fraud uh, from the primary election, although people are still claiming it from 2020 um, by using the same machines and the same people and the same equipment. So not sure what that's about, but um, but so far we're good in yeah. the state. Yeah, so I... I mean, I think you do know what it's about, right? Like it's 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 fine to call elections fraudulent when you disagree with the result. But if you like the result, then you probably are going to shut up because it's not about the principle. It's about winning. And that does seem to be um, what some of my colleagues in the Republican Party have been pushing lately. Um, the kind of saying we continue to, you know, I guess, talk in or amongst ourselves is uh, some of these new party people who are running. You know, they really just want to win. We're not actually sure they want to govern Um, And so I think that's been the difficulty when some of them do get elected. They don't really want to govern. They just know to vote no on everything and they don't read the bills. They don't do their homework. They don't really participate in the process. They get elected and kind of sit back and watch and complain. It's really difficult sometimes. Yeah. So I noticed that you qualified your answer to Wyoming, which I understand is your expertise because you're in Wyoming and <laughs> help run that that election. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, did Joe Biden win the election? Yeah, no, I think I'm on record of saying I truly believe Joe Biden won the election. Um, you know, we didn't. Uh, sure. Is there I mean, there is a, a low level of we'll call it fraud or instability or people misvoting, but not anywhere near the level it would take um, to call the election. Uh, the other way. So sure. Do I say in other states, maybe, you know, a couple thousand ballots here or there, but certainly nowhere near um, what anybody's claiming that would have overturned the presidential election in 2020. So I do know my state, we don't have some of the other um, types of machines or internet technology capability that other states have. And so, you know, I don't know enough to talk about other states, but I'm confident that uh, I know the pillow guy alleged 2,500 misvotes in Wyoming that Donald Trump should have got more than 71% that he got in my state. 
um, it's just ludicrous and it's not true. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I, I've 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 heard that most of the prosecutions we're doing for voter fraud are actually Republicans that are getting charged. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, that makes me. I'm glad you passed the first test. We actually did prosecute two people in my county for voter fraud, and they were both um, very right ideologically, yeah. and they knew they were felons and voted anyway. I was going to ask this about other things like, and maybe this will help build up to this, but how, what kind of reactions do you get when you are saying something that is not the party line, that is not the talking points of the Republican Party? You know, so, I mean, Wyoming is probably like many other states where, uh, you know, I represent the capital city, a lot of government employees, um, a lot of educated workforce who live here. And so they're not quite, um, you know, the more rural uh, voters who allege certain things. I, I think my constituency and one of the reasons that I continue to, I think, get reelected against more um, ideologically right wing opponents is because, you know, I, I kind of say how it is. I say, here are the, the facts and I stand up for them. I mean, and part of that is, I think, being open about uh, my orientation. There's some trust people have in me as a politician that, um, you know, they believe I'm honest and I, I say how it is. And so when I say there's no fraud or when I stand up for, you know, stuff on both sides of the aisle, uh, there's some pushback. But my constituency, you know, continues to support me, which I appreciate. Right. I think there's other places in the state I would never get elected. But um, the people in the capital city who a lot of are government employees, they know the truth. I know the truth. And I campaign on, you know, trying to do what's right for all Wyomingites. That's what keeps me elected. Let's talk about your, your election history. So uh, you, you said you've been in for 18 years. So this will be years 19 and 20 coming up when, when you start your new new term in January. Mm-hmm. Have you been out for all of those years? Uh, no. Um, so, yeah, I, this will be my 10th term coming up. I didn't come out until officially 2014. So I would have been in about nine years. And how did that go? You know, for as afraid as I was for all those years, when it actually happened by 2014, um, there was no major news story. There was no press release. There was no, you know, editorials about it or against me or big news stories. I came out uh, at first at, at a legislative conference with my now spouse, with other legislators who, I mean, you know, I was 30 three in Wyoming and not married. So it wasn't a huge jump, right? But um, <laughs> when I actually finally did it, it uh, there was no major pushback. And there's really never been a major pushback. Um, even from the far right, when they campaign against me, it's been about my ideology or some of my votes. Um, but I think everyone's very sensitive here in Wyoming about sexuality issues, right? With the Matthew mm-hmm. Shepard incident 20 um, some years ago, you know, the Brokeback Mountain jokes we get. And so, you know, actually my sexuality has never really been a a hot button topic of conversation um, when people are attacking me for any number of other reasons. So it's been great. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, Matthew Shepard. Does that still come come up or weigh on people's minds when you talk about orientation? Yeah, I I do. I think it's ever kind of present. If you've been here for a while, it was such um, an overwhelming instance of what happened 20, almost 25 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and we didn't handle it really well as a state because we, we didn't know how to handle it or talk about those issues. And so um, we probably flubbed it a little bit um, and the rest of the nation was watching. And it's been a, a very sensitive subject for 20 years when um, when talking about you know LGBT issues. I mean, the great thing about Wyoming, people don't realize, is we actually haven't passed any anti-LGBT legislation since 1971. 
I mean, other Republican right-wing states were putting constitutional amendments in, um, all sorts of anti-trans bills. None of that has actually passed in Wyoming um, in almost 50 years. And that's due to, I think there are three or four uh, openly LGBT legislators right now. Um, But we certainly had a strong history um, of LGBT legislators, some out, some not out, who have um, held off a lot of that social um, ideological junk um, from ever infecting our state. Well, okay, with without without telling me the platform doesn't matter, how do you reconcile that with the family values portion of the 2022 Wyoming GOP platform? Like the it it is it is exactly the opposite of what you just said, right? Number seven is the Wyoming Republican Party believes in God's created order that in His perfect design He created two sexes, male and female. Number eight, marriage is defined as the union of one man and one woman. Number nine, the traditional family based on the foundation of marriage between one man and one woman is the best institution and is the authority providing children with education and training. Yeah. Um, so the honest answer is about twenty twelve. Uh, we had a schism between the legislators and the Wyoming Republican Party that's never truly healed. And so our state party, um, the state Republican Party Central Committee, the people who do the platform, um, it really has no, I shouldn't say no sway, but very little sway in the actual legislature of Wyoming. Um, the people who were you know, running the state party uh, lately are, are kind of the furthest right of the ideological spectrum because all the... I d- I wouldn't have formally called myself a moderate 10 years ago. Um, I don't think my politics have changed. Just the rest of Wyoming um, kept going further and further to the right. But, you know, I mean, we have a couple people email, hey, you have to follow the platform or some people will campaign. Um, I've never campaigned that I'm following the Republican platform of the state. Uh, It's not even reflective of the Republican platform of my county. So that's much more uh, fluid and not quite as ideologically stringent. So... Um, you know, basically, I think the majority of the legislators now for the past decade, because we're a 85 percent Republican legislature, um, the majority of us just say, huh, and we vote how we think best affects our constituents. So the party really doesn't have much of a hold on politics, actually, in our state. So the so the, the R next to your name doesn't matter. Is that sort of the <laughs> the thought? Um. Well, that's an interesting. That's that's a little bit a that, that's a little bit a I, I I do what I want kind of answer, right? Like, yes. sure, I have an R next to my name, but I I do what I want. I'm my own man. Um, you know, I mean, I, and so you know, when I started 18 years ago, I was a, a proud Republican, and I, I've watched kind of the party, starting with the Tea Party a decade ago, get kind of lost. Um, you know, and, and I get people calling me Rhino, Republican in name only, all the time, and I I just tell them, hey, if I'm a Rhino. All the other Republicans in my district are also rhinos, and they're the ones who keep electing me. Uh, so I'm doing something right by running as a Republican, reflecting the kind of maybe classic Republican, um, more conservative ideology that's not this new social uh, wedge issues left and right all the time we see. So do do I do I think the Republican and the R matter? Yes, um, I think the Republican Party has lost its way. And I think we're all worried, uh, the people like me who are left, you know, who aren't the very big Trump supporters, um, trying to figure out where our party is going and if it's totally lost or we're going to have a, a pushback. And I, we've seen that with Liz Cheney. So I, I would say I'm a Liz I Cheney. I was just going to say Liz Cheney. <laughs> I mean, if there is a state that can keep the fight going, it, it's Wyoming. And yeah, Liz Cheney lost her um, her reelection here. And by me not supporting the woman who did beat her. Um, I took a, a, 
you know, a pretty good political hit in my numbers in my reelection. I only got 54%, which is my lowest I've had in 20 years. But I, I, I don't know. It's, it is getting tougher and tougher, uh, I think, to follow the party platform and, and be uh, the Republican that I think we all were 15 years ago. And so who knows, you know, in the future, um, if you see another Trump presidency, I will say it will be continually difficult to be a Republican. But I do think there are a lot of people <laughs> like me in Wyoming who are elected um, who are feel the same way I do. And we've we've kind of held off that from permeating our um, our elected officials, even if it's certainly a groundswell in parts of our state. I, I, so uh, the platform, if, if, if maybe that's not presenting as much of an issue in how you legislate, I think other things are, I mean, there's the national Republican platform, which also believes marriage is between a man and a woman. There is beliefs that Republicans hold about same sex marriage in which uh, it just tipped the scale to more than half, just over more than half of Republicans support same sex marriage. So that means 45% do not. Mm-hmm. Um, support same-sex marriage. Republicans are attacking trans kids in schools. They're attacking LGBT issues in schools. And so maybe the, all of those kind of add together to, I find it really hard to reconcile being gay and being a Republican given all those. So I'm curious, how do you feel, I guess, about all of those? Or what's your kind of response to people like me that don't totally understand that? You know, I, I'd say even four years ago, I would have said, you know, I hope it's just a temporary blip and it's going to swing back. Uh, and, you know, I think like a lot of kind of more moderate Republicans right now who aren't Trump followers, we're a little bit lost in the wilderness and we're still hoping um, the pendulum swings back. So, yes, is it tough being a Republican with my my sexuality and, and some of my views? yes. Do I, but I read the Democratic Party platform and say, that's that's not me either. Should I run as an independent? Potentially. Um, you know, that thought has crossed my mind. Um, I just sometimes, I guess, when I grew up with certain beliefs and, and worked really hard for the party and have been so involved in it, um, and even though I'm kind of watching it move away from where I am, uh, it's, it is difficult to just leave it kind of behind and move on when I still think there's some hope. Um, that is going to come back to the the party that I know and I, I used to really, I guess, respect and represent. And so if Liz Cheney leads the way, um, I think that's great. And I'm, I'm probably willing to give it, you know, another term or two. But as I said, you know, if Trump's our nominee or a president again, it, it's I don't recognize the Republican Party that I knew 10 years ago. So, yes, I, I mean, I admit that I'm at odds mm-hmm. with the platform. Um, I'm probably at odds with any platform right now. And mm-hmm. we did get a libertarian and an independent elected in Wyoming uh, last year. And so it is possible. It just kind of remains to be seen where it's all heading, I guess. Do they still caucus with the Republicans? Uh, they don't. Um, actually, it's, so it's gotten so difficult in, in our kind of in when the Republican Party controls Wyoming. I mean, all the legislators are Republican 51 of the 60 right? It's not like you can blame Democrats or blame anybody else for the problems. Um, so we really have a, a schism in our in our party. Um, and actually, it led two years ago to just not having caucus anymore. Oh, we kind wow. of just gave up having caucus as a party um, because it got tiresome trying to you know get work done and try to explain to people, here's what we need to be doing. And um, some of my colleagues, especially some of the newer ones, 
um, just aren't on the same page. And so maybe, you know, there's a group of us that are just holding out against kind of where the political tide is, is hitting right now. But I think we're trying to hold the fort down, um, until the cavalry comes, maybe that's a bad Wyoming analogy, but, um, so kind of, you know, what you see Republican politics in other States, what they're turning into, you know, we're not quite to where Arizona, um, or even Idaho is yet. Um, and I think many of us who remember the Republican party of yesteryear are still holding strong in Wyoming, um, and hoping it, it, it goes back, but it is getting increasingly ideological and difficult. Hmm. And honestly, a lot of those people are moving from other states here. Um, a lot of the people are leaving, you know, California to come to Wyoming, the last liberal or last bastion of freedom, right? Um, and then they're running for office and they're getting involved in our politics. And we see a lot of outside influence pushing us further to the right, which is not what people here grew up with. And uh, talking about like what, what people grew up with, and you're talking about your investment in the party and and the party that you used to love or recognize, maybe it would help me understand like what are the things that ground you that you like about the Republican Party that you are attached to and want to see continue? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Wyoming is a, we're an energy uh, rich state. 40% of the energy that powers America comes from Wyoming, right? We have more coal than all Saudi Arabia does oil. Um, and so we're a very energy friendly state. Um, you know, I grew up in um, a small business family and this kind of the work ethic of the government's not going to ever be able to help you. You have to do it for yourself if you're going to make it in life with no social safety net, uh, I think was it was big in my, my upbringing. You know, we um, I have a farm and we have a ranch. Um, so the agricultural roots, I know there's, you know, Democrats who are strong agriculturalists, but in Wyoming, um, you know, we've just been a Republican state for a century now, and it wasn't an ideological Republican. It was uh, a, like a libertarian. We are anti-government, anti-control over us. It's not a kind of a Southern Republican. We band around religion. And so that's the Republicanism. I think a lot of us grew up here where we call it live and let live, um, that we don't want the government in our lives. We don't want our neighbors in our lives. Uh, we just want to be free to do what we want. And um, now when you have kind of this, the new social ideological element of the party saying, well, you have to live this way and you have to believe this and we need our, um, you know, our books to not, you know, mention transgender individuals. Um, it is, it's just new for our state. I know that ideological Republican war has been going other places for a long time, but it just didn't really arrive in Wyoming until 2016. You know, our, our house races cost about 5,000 bucks historically to run for a legislative seat. You know, in Colorado, they're like 120,000. Um, but, you know, big money finally has come in the state. And now all of our races are 15 or 20,000, which is still cheap. But um, we were really safe and secluded. I think people left us alone that we were a Republican state and um, we didn't, didn't have a lot of the national uh, attention on us until lately. And now that same kind of schism you see in the National Republican Party you know, is, you know, happened here in Wyoming as well. So then, you know, you talk about being in it currently and and kind of hoping or working towards making it the party you used to know. Is there a direction that it could go that like, what would have to happen for it to be like, you're done with it? We're getting close. Um, you know, I think the most difficult thing that I see with the party is just this anti-science, anti-intellectualism. Um, that's eventually going to drag it to obscurity. I mean, you can't have 
can have a group of people, you know, being against everything, um, you know, data, science, um, where the world's going and just bury their heads in the sand and say, we don't want to, you know, exist in the 21st century. And then we just, you know, we throw the word woke around a lot here and I don't think anyone knows what it means, but, um, so what would it take? Uh, you know, I think that's what worries me more than anything is the, um, the diminishment of the intellectualism in the party that they're, more and more of my fellow Republicans are fine following without thinking. Um, and we're getting dangerously close, you know, more, I mean, every time I look at statistics, more and more college educated voters are going independent or to the democratic party. Uh, and I think that it's ultimately what's going to kill us as a Republican party is if we, uh, you know, move away from thought. So, uh, that's, I think what worries me, what would, would eventually push me all the way out when we have a complete group think, um, and we don't rely on data science or, um, or common sense and we're getting dangerously close. How, how do you, how do you fix that? I mean, like back in the South, they say you can't fix stupid, right? Like, how do you, what do you do? What do you do about that? How do you actually get that turned around culturally? You know, I, you know, I, I, it's Wyoming, right? We're the least populated state. I do what I can with what I have. Um, and I hope that the national forces can, can fix some of those things. I mean, a lot of what we're doing in Wyoming is just what I call holding down the fort, um, trying to keep our economy going. And it is tough, right? We are such an energy state with coal, oil, and gas, as I'm sure in, you know, uh, Seattle area, right? Those are all fossil fuels and people want them gone. Um, but that really is what, um, 70% of our tax base in Wyoming is dependent on coal, oil, and gas. And so when those jobs go away and we move away from that, um, our state's basically bankrupt. And so we're trying to find ways um, in an environment where nobody wants to raise taxes because it's Wyoming and we can't raise any taxes, that if we can't keep those minerals going, um, we don't know how to keep our state going. So... That's I think well, the- in uh, in 2019 you were supporting a three cent per gallon gas tax increase. I saw mm-hmm. you do an interview on on that. What 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 happened to that? Did it pass? And and uh, what um, were the repercussions? That one did not. So the last we've only passed two <laughs> major taxes in the past 15 years. Uh, one was a 10 cent gas tax in 2013, and one was a lodging tax in 2019. Um, we actually have a smaller budget now than we did 16 years ago not counting inflation. That's kind of how conservative we've gotten in Wyoming and how we will not raise taxes and we continue to try to cut the government. I mean, we saw that happen in Kansas and Louisiana and it had eventually got so bad people pushed back and we're getting pretty close to that in Wyoming. You know, we got a lot of money Mm -hmm. in the CARES Act um, and the ARPA funds from the federal government, but, um, you know, it's not sustainable here. So, you know, sometimes I'm not sure I even... I don't need to be the best Republican. I think there's a group of us um, who are still kind of the leaders of the elected Republicans in the state who are just trying to keep our state going um, for as long as we can. And that's why we're still in it against come some of the ideological stuff. We're just in it to get the job done. Well, that's actually a good segue in a way, because the, the, the American Conservative Union Foundation's Center for Legislative Accountability mm-hmm. gave you a 55% rating and says you are tied for last when it comes to voting like a Republican oh. uh, in your in your state. So the good and bad thing of that, um, that was, I think, last year, I, I was the chairman of the Revenue Committee, the Taxation Committee in Wyoming, which is, you know, the job that no, everybody wants to be a leader in the legislature and a committee chairman, 
but very few people want to be the chairman of the taxation committee, right? Because nobody wants taxes. <laughs> so um, it's kind of your job to, you know, offer taxes up to the full body and push them and give the, you know, we need to raise taxes on gasoline or property or sales. Um, and when you're pushing tax increases left and right for two years, uh, all of my uh, Republican scores uh, plummeted. So I'm hoping, you know, in about a year from now, now that I'm back in charge of corporations, which is insurance and building codes and election issues, uh, telecom, uh, my Republican street cred goes back up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to double check my work, though, because I, I think I, I think that's this year's number. And they, they oh. said that you were up 19 points from last year. And I was going to ask you, did you move right? Did you move right this year? Because they seem to think you did. Oh, well, yeah. No, I'm no longer the chairman of the taxation committee. I'm back to corpse. So if I jump 19 points and I'm still the lowest, um, it's probably because I keep killing all the anti-LGBT bills. Um, yeah, I'm just not a, I, I'm not a social uh, conservative and I, I don't campaign as one. Um, you know, I think I've been pretty honest with my, my voters of, um, I guess I even call myself a moderate Republican now just because I, um, I keep that libertarian mindset. And so, yeah, um, I'm sure the American Conservative Union probably doesn't rate me very high anymore. <laughs> well, we've, we've talked about what Republicans think about you. What about LGBT, the other side, LGBT people? Do, what kind of things do you hear from LGBT people, particularly being a gay Republican? You know, actually, I think I get probably more flack from the LGBT community being Republican than I do from my Republican colleagues for being LGBT. Um, and there might be, you know, whispers about it, whatever, but I, it certainly has never been uh, a public attack on me for being uh, a gay Republican or being married or having kids. So, uh, you know, and I do get a little bit of pushback from the LGBT community, not directly, but lots of social comments um, on media platforms, right? Every now and then I get an interesting phone call from New York or California, someone screaming at me on the voicemail for how dare you go against your people, um, whatever it may be. But <laughs> but even in, I mean, in the Wyoming community, we have a really strong LGBT community here. I'm friends with a lot of the other you know, professionals in our community and at least in my part of the state, in Cheyenne and Laramie, uh, the southeast corner of the state, we're, we're really pretty LGBT friendly, quite honestly. Um, we don't have attacks and we don't have um, a lot of vitriol. It's been a very safe place um, for LGBT people and their families. A lot of LGBT people are raising kids um, in Wyoming, more than people realize until you look at the census numbers. So um, the great thing about Wyoming is we historically have not been anti-LGBT and um, and politically that reflects, as I said, we haven't passed any. I think we've had those kind of trans bathroom bills up four times and they've been quickly defeated every time. I mean, some of that's me, some of that's other legislators, but we just don't put up with some of that junk historically. We'll see about the next two years. We did get some more ideological legislators elected and it's going to be a little tougher than it used to be. And it seems like a lot of the focus then that, that you're placing is at the state level versus what I see in the, the the broader, what I view as the Republican attack on LGBT people it is national and other state levels. So I I guess I would, I find it hard to remove my, remove from the other states or broader things Republicans are doing, but you seem to be able to focus purely on what you're doing within your state. Yeah, I think so. You know, we are so insulated um, from a lot of the other 
other states and what's going on nationally, people overlook us quite often. And so, and we have the shortest legislative session of any state. We're in only in session for two months a year. And so you just don't have time to debate social issues. You come in, you get the budget solved, try to figure out how to spend and save $10 billion. And um, you have so many other bills that are in front of you that everybody realizes is more important than fighting over LGBT or abortion or any number of wedge issues on either side of the aisle. Um, I think that does help that we have a very short session and we, we don't have time to just sit around and um, debate social issues. we got to get the job done quick. So that's been, a I think, a benefit for some of these wedge issues dying in Wyoming is we just don't have time to talk about them and we move on quick. I guess I'm wondering if you uh, you mentioned that LGBT people have maybe expressed more um, negative comments about being a Republican. Do you understand where that's coming from or do you, can you can you understand that or do you think people are out of line because – you have a great track record in your state. No, I, I mean, I think the National Republican Party and their platform and some of um, the most vocal uh, Republicans in elected office who are using LGBT issues as wedge issues really hurts me. Hmm. Now, do I do I feel like they're those Republicans or me Republicans? Not, not really. I mean, maybe I just you know, shut the outside world out and say, here's my job. Here's what I do in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And here's how best to represent my, my constituents and try to maybe tune it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, anything you don't like, you tune out. But no, I, I do think the the Republican Party's policies are, are harmful uh, for LGBT and their families. I do look at the numbers like everyone else and more and more people are okay with gay marriage. Um, but I, I think sometimes people have the wrong idea about Wyoming. We're not like Southern Republicans. We, um, we're we pretty libertarian and we don't really talk about social issues. And so we kind of ignore a lot of the, the national pundits and, and some of those things. I mean, Fox News still creeps into our state. But um, when you live in a community in a state where everybody knows everybody, it's much more difficult to have any kind of divisive issues you can't really attack people who are LGBT when, you know, you know, six of them who live within five minutes of you and you see each other at their schools and the bars and churches. So I think that's what really makes Wyoming special and unique and a good microcosm of the country is when you truly know everybody uh, by name and about them. It's really tough to kind of hate people and, and say they're somehow less than um, or we have to, you know, um invalidate their marriage. I mean, everybody sees me and my spouse. We're out a lot with our kids. And I think that visibility really helps, especially in our state and other communities in Wyoming, realize that there's no reason to ban marriage or have bathroom rules or not allow, you know, sport junior high or elementary kids to play on sports teams. So I think that's really the benefit of being in the state. And maybe we do tune out uh, some of the national Republican politics. Are there any gay bars in Wyoming? There are not. I believe we have, I'm not sure if every, we were the only state without a gay bar uh, 10 years ago. I'm not sure what where we are now, but there are none, no. Any bars a gay bar if you bring enough friends. I also, I wanted to ask you, does, <laughs> does, your, does your husband vote for you? What does your husband think about all of this? <laughs> oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> no, my, uh, you know, my, my husband uh, was raised uh, way back in, in actually the in Orange County, the Republican part of Southern California, and he uh, was in FFA, Future Farmers of America, and always dreamed of coming to Wyoming and being on a ranch and 
um, being in agriculture up close. And so he moved uh, to a small rural town and um, we met in, in, in college. Uh, I was in grad school and uh, he's been pretty good with the politics, quite honestly. You know, I don't think it was his hopes and dreams to be a political spouse, but, um, you know, he is registered as a Republican and um, it is interesting the conversations we have right on um, a host of issues from he came from um, the Vietnamese area of of Orange County, Little Saigon. And so he has kind of a different perspective of, of a lot of uh, culture issues than you see in Wyoming. So, um, yeah, no, he doesn't. It was a little uncomfortable for a couple of years. Right. Uh, bringing him to events and, and making sure everybody was comfortable. But now that you know, it's been eight years um, and, you know, he hangs out in the, the spouses club and goes to legislative parties and <laughs> events with me, conferences. Yeah. And I think we share enough of the same views. We have healthy debates like any couple where we have some different political ideology. But I think we it helps me come to a consensus and think about uh, everything from a larger worldview. Mm-hmm. My, my dad is also um, a state legislator in Wyoming. And so it's nice to have those conversations as well with people you trust and you can be comfortable with on where the party's going and where issues are and on how we react. Wait, is your, is your dad from the crazy wing of the Republican Party? No, I don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, so even, you know, people, I have a couple of probably crazy votes that surprise some of the, the Democrats and my moderate colleagues on uh, some tax issues, some free speech issues. Um, and every now and then, you know, we kind of have two or three blocks in the legislature and I... I'm aligned with kind of the far right ideological block on some issues now and then. Um, and people kind of raise eyebrows and look at me funny. But um, so, no, I think that's part of, of really understanding issues and, and trying to do what's best for people. Um, it, it takes a lot of hard work being a legislator, quite honestly. Here in Wyoming, we don't have staff. Um, I get you know one oh, college wow. intern and one high school intern during session. But the rest is learning it and, and thinking about consequences mm-hmm. and uh, – yeah. So, no, I wouldn't say my, my family are um, ideologically crazy Republicans, but they've been Republicans their, their whole lives. I, I was going to ask also, there was, uh, there was some controversy, which you've, you've weathered. Things are great. But uh, there were allegations that you didn't actually live in your district and that there, there were some, uh, were you qualified to sit in your seat? And the investigation against you was actually started by Republicans. And I, I was kind of wondering if any of that was like, uh, like, trying to drum you out of the party for not being Republican enough because you are so moderate in, in, in so many ways. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. The attacks did come actually from the state central committee of the Republican party. Um, you know, when you're the chairman of the elections committee and you stop, um, some of the more interesting, colorful ideas, the state Republican party has, I don't have a lot of fans, um, in the state Republican party. Right. I mean, I'm second in seniority in the house, and I can, you know, try to pass stuff and kill stuff a little more effectively than most other legislators at this point. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a pretty big hit from I didn't see coming from my own state party on my residency and um, didn't even talk to me about it. Didn't ask about it. Uh, didn't have it on the agenda of their state party meeting. Came out of nowhere. They sent a complaint, made a big press release of it. Um and there were a lot of my friends um, who basically said it was a political hit because they don't like gay people. 
Um, and I try to think better of, of other humans, but um, it did hit pretty hard and pretty fast from nowhere. Um, and, you know, we had to deal with it last year in the session. I had a, um, we had a vote on if I was qualified to serve and they, I easily won that. And then there was a vote for an investigative committee to get involved in my life. And that went down like 20 to 40. So, Hmm. um, no, there is honestly a push from the state Republican party that I'm, um, impeding some of their, their bills they would like to see passed, but sometimes I'm on their side. Sometimes I'm not when it, when it does best for my district and where I think the state should be. So, yeah, um, it is getting tougher to be a Republican in Wyoming, and I would agree that um, you know the state Republican Party is not my biggest fans. But there's a lot of other legislators like me who are on their target list as well. And you mentioned that you heard was that kind of like rumors that it might be uh, coming after you because of your identity. Was that something you like heard from a source, or how like how did that come across to you? Um, I think that's what everybody just kind of said that. There are nobody from the four people who brought the complaint um, mentioned it, but I think I'm seen as a, an easy target. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, yeah, I, I hate to speculate too much on where it came from and why, but um, you know, once you've been in for 18 years, you don't gain friends usually in politics. You you know, more and more people, um, you know. Uh, have issues with you, especially when you don't fall in line ideologically with where the state party wants to go. So, um, but I did have, you know, some of my the attorneys who looked at my case and read through the complaints, you know, they made thoughts that and they're just attacking you because you're gay. Um, I mean, and my constituency in my county, I mean, it was pretty obvious to everybody in Laramie County that it was a complete worthless political hit. It got no got one article in the paper and that was it. I mean, I made front page news in, in cities that were seven hours away in Wyoming about how horrible I was in this investigation. And my own county was like, this is a political hit. We're not even covering it. So <laughs> that's, um, huh. things are just different in, in Cheyenne and Laramie uh, than they are maybe in the, the hinterlands of Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I'm, I'm curious just for either the, the state Republicans or national Republicans, what what would you want them to know or do, especially when it comes to, you know, from your lens uh, being gay? Oh, I think we need to get back to the roots of treating everyone with uh, dignity and respect and equal rights, that there's this junk out there that somehow it's special rights to just be who you are and raise a family and be married. Um, and use the bathroom you want to use and play on a sports team you want to play on. Um, and I, I think, you know, is you need to be, I mean, I'm a center right guy and I believe in conservative principles and we probably have too much government spending and an unnecessary, um, you know, social services sometimes, but I do think we have to treat all people with respect. And that's really where, um, it comes back to we have to respect the meritocracy that we live in, that people spend their lives researching and, and learning and becoming scientists who are the experts. And we need to listen to people who are experts, who are trained, not social media. We have to get away from, um, you know, following uh, demigods and really think for ourselves and, and learn and study and be a more intellectual party about, you know, free market systems. So. I, I would just encourage my party to get away from social issues, but they seem to, I mean, they seem to be effective over the last 20 years, these wedge issues that you can exploit 
Um, but I think as we've seen for 20 years, they tend to probably come back and bite the, I guess, bite both parties. You always try to find a, a niche to exploit. And within four years, it goes away. Well, Republican, uh, Republican, Representative Swanitzer. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw in my note I have a, I have a rep rep written in my notes like this. <laughs> Representatives wanted to say thank you thank you for being with us here today. We really really appreciate it. Thank you. But we're not going anywhere. We're not so, going. Well, anywhere. I mean, we are. But we're, we're going to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take a break? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. We are going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, Representative Daniels wanted, sir, where can people find out more about you, what you're up to? Tell, tell us all the things. Oh, sure. All the things. Uh, my website is votezwanitzer.com, V-O-T-E-Z-W-O-N-I-T-Z-E-R.com. Uh, and uh, we don't have a lot of social media out in Wyoming. So uh, I just have a standard Facebook page, no Instagram account or uh, a really campaign website besides votesonitzer.com. And what's your TikTok handle? I don't have TikTok either. My teenagers can't join <laughs> no, me. Neither I do to... we. Oh, good. We yeah, no, we don't. But but other everyone's like that's that's where everyone's going, and we're like, oh god, I don't know. Anyway, one of these days, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on most social media except TikTok at gayishpodcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, especially if it's a voicemail from Ma Johnson to answer on Mom's Planning. It's 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Uh, let's do our gayest and straightest. Yeah, let's do it. You want to go first? Sure. Okay, great. Um, my straightest is it's Halloween weekend when we are recording this. So I know that already happened for everyone listening, but uh, boy, I just did nothing. Like we played D and D, um, on Saturday of Halloween weekend. Yeah. And then I went home and there were all the drunk people, all the costumes, everyone out on Capitol Hill and not me. I was like, I'm going to go get some pizza and go home and hang out. So, uh, Halloween is gay Christmas that I did not participate in. Yeah. <laughs> um, my gayest is <laughs> I ran into the neighbor I fucked. Okay, great. <laughs> and he like was like, "Hey, I live here," and I was like, "Oh, that's wild." And then he was like saying goodbye to someone else, and it was just this awkward moment of like, I don't know. I'm like, we're like we just like we just had sex and it's like awkward seeing him to be like so that that's my, that's my gayest moment yeah that, that feels very like you have a hookup and then you run into them at work the next day yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was like it was just weird he was saying goodbye to this guy and they were like the guy was like goodbye okay and he's like hey kyle and i'm like this guy's what i don't know i was just very uncomfortable and i just turned <laughs> around with my dog and i was like okay good to see you bye and then left because i didn't want to be a part of it it's like this isn't about me i don't know um uh, that's awesome well the uh the gayest thing about me this week um i i had i had somebody over uh I, Ooh, I, I had boy. A, yeah i had a date uh but the gayest thing was that we watched the entirety of a 1979 diana ross concert <laughs> on, on youtube that's my foreplay right there <laughs> it was it is so super gay yeah and it's weird because in our diana ross episode we talk about how she was upset when she found out that i'm coming out was a gay song mm-hmm. but not because of how she felt about gay people but because she thought it would ruin her career mm-hmm. it's very clear to me from that 
that show that it like a year before that she's making gay jokes with her dancers mm. like like anyway she anyway she's great and magical and that was super great uh, the the straightest thing about me this week um is uh l- last night i ordered and then destroyed an entire plate of nachos all by myself Ooh. i just like you know gays don't eat but i sure did i yeah. just i I demolished that thing. And fuck you, keto. Right, yeah. Fuck. Mike eats Mike eats chips. I do what I want this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh Representative Zwanitz, sir, uh what, what what's your gayest straightest? Uh the gayish thing I did all this week, I actually went out in my bathrobe at seven AM uh to let out our chickens and sang uh, a share song to them. Yeah, singing chair in my bathroom to to chickens and turkeys and ducks at 7.15 Saturday morning. That's amazing. Yeah, just like Jesse James, it's a share song that's country western, yeah. Uh, Straightest thing, I've actually my dog died yesterday and we dug a six Mm. foot hole with pickaxes and shovels and and buried a dog and it felt very, well, exhausting but kind of very butch, so... Yeah, but butch manual labor is always always a winner in the straightest category. Yeah, right. uh, and sorry to hear about your dog. Yeah, yeah, very sorry to hear about that. Uh, well, uh, Representative Daniels wanted sir, thank you again for for being here. We really appreciate it. I think we we maybe were easier on you than I thought we were going to be. Yeah, me too. We, let's do that again. Let's scrap it. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Thank you again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, thank you to our super gap, gap bridgers, Christopher Muntean. Ooh. Ooh, new one. John Carly, Stephen Portio, Stosel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanis, Forrest Nell, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Donald Linsky, Don Bisby, Dusty Zanz, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cacciatorians, and Jerome York. Thank you to all of our super gap bridges. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, from the Chris Cacciatorian Studios, this has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See ya. See you next week. Because <laughs> they're elephants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeehaw.